Episode number 36. Are you thinking about getting a home alarm system or upgrading an existing one? Well, you're in luck. Stick around. That's the topic of today's show. This is the Crime School Radio Show, where industry experts discuss the business of fighting crime and prevention strategies for making places safe. Leading today's discussion is security expert Chris McGoey. Welcome to Crime School. When I speak to people or groups about home security, I'm always surprised when one of the first questions that I get is, should I install an alarm system, either in my single-family home, condominium, or apartment? To me, this kind of shows a common misconception that an alarm system is all that's needed to make a home burglar-proof. In truth, an alarm system is the backup plan. If you think about it, the burglar already had to get inside to set off that alarm. And to me, that indicates that your physical home security actually failed. There's so much information out there on the internet and television, it becomes very confusing. Questions like, should I install a hardwired system? Should I buy a wireless alarm system? How about those ones I buy at a discount store in a box? It's a do-it-yourself system. Are they any good? Should I get cell phone backup in case the burglar cuts my landline? I just moved into a new home. and The alarm system is already installed, but I can't get it to work. Should I opt for a system that I could set and disarm from my cell phone, like I've seen advertised on TV? Do I need central station monitoring? You know, something that'll call the police or call the fire department when I'm away on vacation. The answer to these questions and more depend on where you live, your neighborhood crime risk, the size of your residence, how many people live in the home, your daily schedule, your lifestyle, any particular high risk or value of property you're trying to protect, and how real is the risk of fire in your home or in your neighborhood. As usual, you can get more information by going to the show notes at crimeschool slash 36. Today I'm being interviewed by Grant Clouser, a company that, that tests the best gadgets and gear out there so people know what to get. So stay with me. Let me get the wire cutter on the line, and we'll discuss the essentials of choosing a home alarm system. What are some of the the, uh, the most important you know features of a, of a security system aside from the standard type things that, that will come with most systems like the the door and window sensors? What do you think is most important when someone is selecting a system? Well, first of all, you stop talking in terms of security systems. Security system is the lock on your door. It's your front porch light. It's your strike plate attached to your door lock. It's many things. I think what you're asking me about is a, an alarm system, a burglar alarm yes. system. A burglar alarm system is nothing more than a box of circuits and circuit boards, wires, 
It's very basic electronics. It's like electronics 101. It's a series of open and closed switches. And it's really nothing more complicated than that. The burglar alarm system is really like a router. When electrical sig signals come in from the different sensors that you might have placed throughout your home, the alarm system decides how to route that signal and how to interpret it and then to execute any commands that are programmed into the, uh, the memory of the system. So it, it's not complicated at all. The industry sometimes tends to want to overcomplicate it. So there's two different types of alarm systems. And, and let me just say right up front here, I don't sell alarm systems. I'm a security consultant. I'm brand agnostic. I don't recommend any particular brands. I just look at the Good. systems of what is the system designed to do and to make sure that the, the customer or the client gets just what they need and doesn't waste a lot of money on a lot of features that they're never going to use. Regardless of the type of alarm system, whether it's a hardwired alarm system, meaning that all of the alarm sensors are wired directly back to the control panel, or it's a wireless system where it simply goes over the air, it's transmitted wirelessly. That's really the main difference. One is connected by hardwire and one is wireless. Mm -hmm. No matter what brand you get from what company, they're all going to do basically the same things. When you really get down to the nuts and bolts, you find many of the parts, regardless of the brand name on the box, are made by really a handful of manufacturers that get the widest distribution. So you're buying a particular brand, you're really not. You're just buying the boxes branded, but the components are made by a variety of manufacturers that are very common that go across uh, many different brands. So for most people, when you're talking about a home burglar system, we're not talking about a business now, just a home burglar alarm system, you're really protecting the openings to the home primarily. You think of your house like a box. It has six sides, right? Four walls, a floor, a ceiling. And there's openings into the box. So those are your doors and windows. So most typically when you have an alarm system, that's what you think about. How do we secure those openings? Or a simpler way of saying it, while I'm not at home, if somebody forces their way in through one of those openings, I want an electronic device in my absence to report it. That's all it does. So when you set up the alarm system, let's say every door and every window has a sensor on it, and the alarm is set, then the system is closed, almost like you know electronic signal in series. When somebody opens the door or window, it's like opening a switch, much like turning on a light switch. And when that switch is open, it breaks that wiring connection and creates the alarm state. Right. And then it depends on what you want the system to do. There's different components where uh, chips could be programmed into memory. What, what commands do you want it to execute? Typically, you want to dial a phone number. In most states, it's required by law to, to call the alarm company first if you have a monitored system. It simply does a digital dialer, just like dialing a phone the old-fashioned old way, but it does it digitally. 
most people or many people believe that it goes directly to the police department. And it's for all practical purposes, it does not do that. There are no agencies that really do that anymore. So there's no advantage between any wired system or a wireless system. They're both going to call at minimum your alarm company that you're paying to monitor your system, or you could direct it to do other things. You could direct the control panel to call a series of people on the list. Now, it could be you. You could have it call your own cell phone. You could have it send you a text message. You could have it call your next-door neighbor. You could have it do almost anything that you wanted it to do. And if it's programmed correctly, and the more complex systems it will designate exactly what alarm and what location is triggered. Whether it's the back bedroom window, whether it's the garage door, whether it's your front door, whether it's a motion sensor. The more advanced systems, and if you have them programmed correctly, and you have a burglar walking through your house from room to room, each sensor will enunciate each time a sensor is activated. So if you have the right kind of system, you can actually track the burglar from the point of entry as they move throughout the house. And that helps confirm any issues of false alarms. In addition to protecting openings, most alarm systems have the capability of of detecting spaces, just airspace. For example, what if the burglar doesn't force open the window? He simply breaks the glass and climbs through. Well, that won't activate the sensor attached to the window that's activated when you slide it open. So there's devices that will detect glass breakage, the noise, the sharp pitch and and sound of glass breaking that might send Mm -hmm. off a, a sensor. There's also motion sensors. The most common are infrared motion sensors. They detect heat. Now this depends on the quality of the system. If you buy a cheap system with inexpensive infrared motion sensors, then who knows uh, what the quality and the accuracy of the sensors are going to be. But basically, they're looking for body heat. If your room temperature is set at, let's say, 70 degrees, and a human comes through a a window and is walking around, it's going to detect usually plus or minus 3 degrees from the static room temperature. So if the motion sensor is monitoring your house at 70 degrees and a human being walks in at 98.6, it's going to be more than 3 degrees from that base temperature, so it's going to send an alarm condition. It's going to say, hey, something warm and hot just moved past my sensor. And that's all it's doing. Then it's up for the software and for the people that read the signal to determine what that means. Now, you may have heard, and uh, since your company does evaluations and does testing, you're going to find out repeatedly through all your research that there's a very high false alarm rate with alarm systems. Uh And because there's a high false alarm rate, there is a high rate of people that have alarm systems don't use them. In fact, it's as high as a 90 percentile of the people that have installed alarm systems, either hardwired or wireless, simply don't use them every day. They'll often wait until they go on vacation, and they may not have set the alarm system in a year, and in many cases, they don't know the passcode, or, or they've forgotten how to, uh, how to arm it or how to disarm it, things like that. The other issue with false alarms is a poor installation, and that kind of brings us back to 
where do you get your alarm system from and who installed it for you? A, right. a quality alarm system with good components almost goes without saying, doesn't it? You're going to have fewer false alarms because it's a good installation and it's designed around your lifestyle. If you buy an alarm system in a box from a discount store and you install it yourself, there's really no quality control. And how you place the motion sensors or other sensors wirelessly throughout your house often create some false alarm situations. And in many cities today, the police departments are sick and tired of responding to false alarms. As, as high as 95% of all the alarm calls they receive are false. And they go back to faulty installations or the operators not knowing how to, how to use the equipment. Or when they installed their wireless system with motion sensors in every room, that's before they bought a dog or before they installed a lot of plants or something that might trip these sensors. So again, it goes back to when you start having false alarm situations, many cities now have created uh, ordinances that after two or three false alarms, you're going to start getting a citation. You're going to be fined for wasting the time of law enforcement having to respond to these false alarms due to your faulty installation or you not knowing how to properly use your system. So again, that brings us back again to the reasons why most people don't use their systems. So it's kind of sad, isn't it, that you go to that expense and you have technology that is perfectly capable of working just fine. I have an alarm system in two of my homes for the last 15 years and neither one has ever given a false alarm. And that's simply because it has, it's a proper installation with good quality components. How does the fire know if the, the installer is, is doing a quality installation? How can they compare um, you know, whether or not it's getting done properly or not? So your question is, if you hire someone to install your system, how do you know if it's a quality installation or not? Yes. Well, if you don't know anything about electronics and you have no experience with alarm systems, anytime you hire a tradesperson to come in and do work, so you're relying on their reputation or maybe references or referrals. That's the secret. I would go local. I would have someone in my backyard in my town or my city that's been in business for, let's say, 15 years. That tells me that they have the reputation uh, to have stuck it out. They have to stand behind their work, right? If they warranty their product, they'll, they'll take care of things like that. Uh, Chamber of Commerce sometimes uh, will make referrals, but certainly within your neighborhood, that gives you a better chance of having a successful installation. The other part really has to do with system design. A quality installer is going to ask you a lot of questions about your lifestyle. Do you have, you know, teenagers, you know, children coming and going? Do you have pets? And just looking at your house, you could almost tell which way the sun hits. Do you have bright sun coming through a window? Things that might cause an alarm to activate. Uh, there are things that they could do during the installation process to reduce the chance of false alarms from occurring greatly. Training also helps. Some uh, alarm companies will provide uh, written training information or these days even uh, video training a youtube training how to use the system so the chances of having a false alarm are, are greatly reduced and then lastly it's maintenance 
anytime you're dealing with connections, uh, alarm sensor connections, they're usually hot glued onto a sliding window. And they're, if they're hardwired after a number of openings and closings of doors and windows, the connectors could just break. And it just requires mm-hmm. it just requires ordinary maintenance from time to time. It requires inspection from time to time, and it requires testing. Uh, when I get called, you know, to come out to someone's home, usually a high end home, to evaluate their alarm system, I mean, one of the first things I ask is, "Well, when's the last time you tested it?" And not to my surprise, any longer, they almost say, "Well, never. I don't use my system anymore, and it's never tested." Well. You know, guess what? Like anything else, you have to test it. So having a, a qualified alarm installer to go around and do a visual inspection of every contact and every sensor will go a long way. And they do wear out. Sometimes you just have to, you have to upgrade things. Uh, some of these sensors are just simple magnets and, and little micro switches, and they just get old and tired, and they, they simply wear out. So maintenance, frequent testing. If you have a monitored alarm system, uh, making sure that uh, your, your emergency call list is up to date. So if your alarm does go off, you know exactly what the response is going to be. That's basically how you, uh, you save yourself a lot of headaches and allow yourself to use the system to its maximum capacity. How reliable uh, are the wireless? Yeah, so how reliable are these wireless networks? It's like everything else, uh, Grant, uh, it just depends. It depends how large your house is. It depends if it's multi-story versus single level. It depends how many square feet it is. It depends on what other types of wireless activity is going on, you know, in the house. Wireless requires batteries to drive the the wireless sensors. And if your batteries uh, go down, or they're, they're weak, it could have an impact. Uh, placement of your sensor could uh, make a difference. If you're going through concrete or steel, or th- the signals have to transmit through you know, walls with a lot of interference, it, it could make a difference. So wireless works best in smaller environments uh, where there's, there's nothing complex to penetrate with the fewest number of sensors seem to work the best. Okay. Is there any way that you can judge the uh, the different monitoring companies? Is there any way that you can tell whether one monitoring service is better than another? Technically, you have no idea. You have to ask the question. I live in Southern California. Technically, my alarm could be monitored in Southern Florida. There's these mega monitoring locations now around the country where they just get tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of alarm signals uh, into them. So many people think when you sign up with a local alarm service in, you know, any town USA that your signal is going to somehow be monitored nearby and that they're going to have direct access to your local police department and fire department. But the truth is they could be around the world. They could almost be in another country because it's just a, a digital electronic signal sent over ordinary phone lines. Now, there's also wireless backup systems, too. They're going to be using uh, cell tower technology. But that can make a difference. When you need your alarm signal to, to get to where it needs to go at the fastest, oftentimes when you sign a contract for a monitoring service, you have no control over uh, where that's actually being monitored. 
how many accounts the person sitting you know in front of the screen is looking at at one time you have no way of knowing if this is their first day or their 300th day you really don't know much about their level of training uh, how much sleep they had last night whether they're hungover uh, so there's many moving parts involved uh, what i like to do is not rely on all that all my systems have local either horns or sirens and I, I personally program all my alarm systems, so the alarm activates, especially the motion sensors, uh, they'll activate the horn or siren for no more than 30 seconds. That's all it takes. If a burglar's in the house and they hear the alarm or siren go off, they know that a signal has been sent and the, the clock is ticking. So they're going to get out of there. The uh, alarm system has done its job. In fact, it's, either, it's even less powerful than that. The strongest part of my alarm systems are the sign in my lawn that says I have an alarm system and the decals, the window decals that say I have an alarm system. It doesn't say that my alarm system is on, but it talks about a potential. Any particular burglar looking to break into my house has to wonder if I break in, will an alarm go off? Will the police come? And will I be arrested? So if it does all of those things, it's done its job without requiring any alarm monitoring station or, or anyone calling the police and, and getting them to, uh, to respond. Because quite frankly, the, the alarm rate is so bad that the police really designated as a very, very low priority. If I have an alarm go off in my house today, you'd be lucky if the police show up by Tuesday. They might just pull up to your front of the house. They might just check the door. They might just check for obvious uh, window opening or glass breakage. But any burglar is going to be long gone if you have a local siren or horn to do the job. What are some of the, the most important proactive features of a system, like uh, motion-activated lights, an audible siren, signs, maybe visible security cameras, things like that? Well, cameras and lights are a completely different animal. They're not really an alarm feature, but you can have, like I said, it's basic electronics with open and closed switches. You can tell the alarm panel to turn on lights. You can have the alarm panel call your cell phone or text you or, or do almost anything you want to do. I mean, you could have it uh, release the trap door inside the front door. You could release the alligators into the moat. Any, anything you could do electronically uh, as a switch or as a command, you could, uh, you could program into an alarm system. So for most people, it's just using them. If you're getting them, try to get quality components. It's, it's really not much more expensive. Uh, get a quality installation. If you have the capability yourself, uh, test it often. Use it every day. I use mine every single day, multiple times of the day. So I'm testing it, aren't I? Every time I use it and it works successfully and it's not sending false alarms, it just gives me a very high reassurance that my alarm service is working properly. Now motion sensors, a lot of them have little red lights on them that when you walk into the field of the infrared beam, it's like a series of infrared invisible light fingers going out into the room. When you walk in front of those, it, a little red light will flick on on the motion sensor. So that allows you to, quote, walk test your devices. 
and you can see if they're giving you the coverage that you need. Uh, many times if you buy a cheap system, like a cheap wireless system, and you don't have the ability to walk test that sensor, you may not be getting the coverage that you think. You may believe that the motion sensor is picking up a hallway entry to catch someone walking down the hall, where in fact it may not. It may be aimed too high, too far to the left, right, or down, and it causes uh, some issues. You know, what questions should you ask before you, you actually sign on the line and have someone have something done? Well, I think you need to do some research beforehand. I mean, everything is available online now. You need to be an educated consumer. Unfortunately, the alarm business has evolved into a sales and contract business where they want reoccurring revenues from monitoring services. And the job of many alarm companies these days is to get people to sign up for a three-year contract, for example, where you're going to pay somewhere around $30 a month for three years, and they'll install the alarm system for free because the components are dirt cheap. It's just basic mm -hmm. uh, circuit boards and, and wiring. It's not, it's not expensive at all. Or they might make some money on the maintenance uh, side of it. Uh, so just do your homework. Don't, don't, get, don't let an alarm salesman oversell you. Uh, buy more than you need. And not everyone needs a monitoring service. Unless you're concerned about fire, that's the main thing. If you live in a fire-prone area or if you have an old wood structure house with shingle roofs, and there's a risk of fire danger, then you may want the alarm system to call the fire department and, and get a response. But if you live in a new stucco house with tile roofs and a, in an area that's not prone to uh, fire, then that may not be something that you absolutely need. So just do some due diligence, do some research. Asking the, the salesperson who comes to your house any question unfortunately, may not be that helpful. I find that many of the salespeople who come out are not security people. They will claim to be doing a, quote, security survey, but they may have just had, got the job last week and got a uh, PowerPoint training program on how to go out and sell alarm uh, monitoring contracts. And then they'll have Yeah, a lot of them are college students in the summer. Yeah. And, you know, I'm all for full employment and that, but it's you're not really getting good advice about what you really need or and, and these individuals in my experience really don't know anything about the equipment so if you're serious about your alarm system i would hire a local company especially someone who's been around for 10 or 15 years uh, that you could verify and have references that's a good indication that they're going to be there tomorrow uh, the owner of the company is probably an ex-cop or a good chance of that or or, or have a maybe a family uh, business of alarm systems so they're going to have encountered almost every scenario, and they're going to have the experience of testing many different types of products. And they don't want callbacks. They don't want problems and false alarms, so they're not going to sell junk products. Now, guess what? You're going to probably have to pay a little more, but, you know, the old saying, you kind of get what you pay for. So that's a, an investment that is well made. If you're serious about your alarm system and you plan on using it every day, get a good system and go with a good company who's going to stand behind you and be there to support you for maintenance or uh, any false alarm issues. Are there things you should look for in the contract? Any red flags that the consumer should pay attention to? Yeah, the entire contract. If, 
if you if you didn't write the contract, it's unlikely that it's going to be favorable to you. The fine print of the contract often has to do with the the monitoring service that you're signing up for a three year commitment. Should you move or sell your home, just like any lease, you may be responsible for the entire length of uh, of the contract. These contracts are all also very vague or often very vague about maintenance, about repairs, or about defective products. Sometimes the warranties, in my experience, are too short. Your company's in the business of gadgets and electronics, and, and you, you guys probably know from your own experience with electronics, usually if it lasts 90 days or, or so, it's going to last for several years. Uh, the failure rate usually shows up uh, pretty quickly. They're not like the old analog things. But you want to make sure that you have an adequate warranty, and you just want to make sure that there's, that there's coverage. Many of these people who buy these discount wireless alarm systems from the college student who came around, they're nowhere to be found when your system breaks, or you lose your password, or if you buy the home with an alarm system in it. You don't know how to get in there and discover the password or change it. So that's my advice is uh, find a local installer. It's, it's, I think it's that important if you intend on use, using your system every day. I really appreciate you taking all this time to talk to me. I hope you found this episode interesting and will share it with your family, friends, and coworkers. We all have different perspectives, different points of view, based on our background, our education, our training, our life experience. So it's important to have these discussions. That's how we learn, right? That's how we solve problems. What do you want to hear discussed? What ideas do you think are important? I'm always looking for a guest. If you followed Crime School, you know that we've had some outstanding guests on the show. So I'm looking for those that have special knowledge about crime, crime prevention, loss prevention, that have a legal background, that want to talk about criminal law, civil law, the court system, liability and negligence. I want to talk about products, especially those that deal with solving a crime or loss prevention problem. Let's discuss it on the air. If you're a crime victim and you have a motivating story to tell or interesting outcome, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for participating in Crime School and for doing your part in making places safe. This is the Crime School Radio Show with your host, Chris McGoey. We invite you to comment on today's topic and join the Crime School community. For more information and show notes from this episode, please visit crimeschool.com.